0: episode of Check the Mark. I'm Mark Lucero here. Thanks for tuning in. And I have a special guest host today, a temporary guest host, Eric Buderak, Tournament Director, Cincinnati. Welcome, Eric. Mark, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Great to be back in Cincinnati. This is your second year as Tournament Director, correct?
1: Uh, Second year working on the event. First year as Tournament Director. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Uh, Like all the other events that we've been to that you've been involved with, it seems like it's constantly getting better the more you're into it. I mean, can you talk a little bit about how your background as a player sort of influences you're being on the other side of the events now.
1: Absolutely. I think, I mean, first off, I played all these events and I spent 10 years on the tour, so that that's very helpful. I think the biggest thing that helped me was being on the player council for eight years and president, especially for the last two, because in that role, I was really responsible for understanding all the ne- the needs of all players, right? You know, top players, low-rank players, singles, doubles, um, you know, players from North America, South America, Asia, Europe, et cetera. And they're, they're really very different. So I think, you know, sort of that, research over time for that role probably actually prepared me for this role and, and, and hopefully making the players experience uh, as good as it can be.
0: That's You know, what I was going to get into was how noticeable it's been. the Like, A, how player-facing you are, how mm-hmm. eager you are to get in front of the players and to liaise with the players and talk with the players, but how much more enjoyable it really is, you know, how noticeable it is on our end when we come here to, to Cincinnati, to New York, to the U.S. Open, and just seeing how willing, you know, everyone is from... The guy who takes your keys with the car to the practice courts to to food to people that want to make your experience better
1: yeah i mean we spend a lot of time in the off season really you know working through what we call the player journey right and you know all the different touch points you have whether it's the transportation practice desk the locker room the fitness center you know every every opportunity is a chance for a good experience or a bad experience and we talk with all the staff and you know how to kind of how they all work together to you know make that experience as good as as good as it can be however Whether it's traffic or a mistake by someone, like, you know, things are going to happen and there's going to be going to be issues from time to time. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we're here. We're in the (laughs) players lounge now. So we're going to hear some
0: noise over the speakers when they call the matches
1: but but like you mentioned too for me it's it's incredibly important to be player facing right and when there when there are issues handle them directly um you have a glass office you know right here in the player's lounge um and just try to be as accessible as you can and there's a lot of times you can't solve their problems but at least being there to listen and tell them you know that you understand um you know i, I never liked when tournament directors would run and hide back in my day and be you know behind three secretaries or or you know so i've always taken the approach that i'm going to be out there i'm going to be in front i'm going to give you my cell phone number and be accessible as i possibly can be.
0: So for people who don't really understand what a tournament director does, this can be a twenty four hour thing for you because during the tournament you're responsive to whatever happens and people have requests, all kinds of requests. Mm-hmm. Is it I guess is it tougher the lead up to the tournament, like in the maybe the couple of weeks prior, or is it tougher like during the actual event?
1: I think you ask tournament directors and they probably give you a different answer. Um, It's a lot of organization and logistics on the front end. And for me, that is probably the more challenging part. Just staying focused, staying on task and and getting every little I dotted and T crossed. Um, In terms of number of hours, it is absolutely in tournament. But for me, I I thrive being around people. I love the energy. I love trying to figure out the schedule every day and how we can, you know, make it the best for the players, make it best for the fans. so for me, you know, I, I literally come in at 8 a.m., and I, I blink my eyes, and it's 5 p.m., and sometimes I need to make sure that I you know, didn't miss lunch or, or dinner along the way. Uh, ended up being here till 1 a.m., and you know, I try to get a few hours of sleep and come back and do it the next day. But the energy is so strong just being around all the players and you know, taking walks around the grounds and seeing all the smiles on fans' faces. So for me, the in-tournament experience is, is what it's all about.
0: Well, it, for us, it's been incredible seeing from the first day Quali's. Qualies, I heard there were eight to 10,000 people that came through the gates and in, even into the main draw, seeing all the young Americans, especially two, having success, you know, Tommy, Paul, Ben Shelton, uh, Peyton Stearns, I saw in Qualies, the hometown girl, Katie McNally. Mm-hmm. How much energy, I guess, do those young players bring in? And do And are they impacting things like ticket sales and attendance and all that?
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, that's, I mean, a lot of time, I mean, again, we have Rafa and Serena here this year, which is super special. And that, you know, drives, drives the the bulk of the business. But there's a lot of people here who are seeking out, you know, that next generation star, um, you know, watching Ben on a full Porsche court hit a between the legs lob today and just had, you know, bring the whole crowd to their feet. I mean, those are the moments that I think people are going to remember. And they're going to remember when he's hopefully someday top 10 in the world that, you know, they saw him when. So um, for me, it's honestly, I, I go out and I, I watch some tennis, but I honestly, just spending time looking at the crowd and, and just seeing the kids and the, the parents or all the tennis fans just jumping out of their seats, you know, getting the autographs, watching their eyes you know, open wide when Rafa jogs by. I mean, those are the things that make it really special.
0: Did you come to this tournament as a kid? I know you're a Midwest guy.
1: I'm, I'm from Minnesota, but again, it's a little too far away. I never came as a kid. I did play it six times as a player, but never, never came as a fan, no.
0: So, what's the turnaround for you heading into the U.S. Open? You have a big role—the at the U.S. Open Assistant Tournament Director—is that your title? Not exactly,
1: but yeah, yeah, basically overseeing sort of the player side uh, of, of the tournament. But um, yeah, it's you know they're they're open for business, or we are open for business there before we even finish this tournament. So you know we've got a great team in place there, and you know, c- you know communicating on calls every day to make sure that the first couple of days of practice go well. Um, we'll wrap up this tournament on Sunday. I'll fly there Monday and you know be in the office straight away. Uh, and quality starts Tuesday. <laughs> <So> no rest <laughs> for the weary. Get that coffee. Get on the flight. Now rest in October. <laughs>
0: oh, there we go. And so, one more thing, Eric. If you were to play again, putting on your player hat, if you were to play again and you know be involved in the tour the way you were, what would you? I guess having been on the other side now mm-hmm. with the tournaments, what would you? I guess bring into that into the meetings, or what would you push for to make? I guess
1: the sport of tennis. Pro tennis as a product better for everybody. Um, good question. Um, probably you know depends on you know which players we, we, we talk about and you know again players players do a great job. I mean people ask me all the time, oh which player is difficult or you know who are the really good ones? And sometimes I go through the draw and I'm like you know what they're all they're all pretty good. Um, we got a nice group nice group of people right now and they they do a nice job as ambassadors for the sport. You know led by the the, the top couple players especially. Um, you know, the extra things that players do go a really long way. Um, I would just tell them, you know, carving out 30 minutes of your day to, to sign autographs, to be available, to do extra, you know, activities. You know, the ATP and WTA have stars and ace programs where players have to do, you know, a 30 minute commitment every single week. You know, that that's great. I think if that could be upped by just a little bit more. And it would be great for the sport as a collective. Um, every autograph you sign, every photo you take, every you know fan you engage with—I mean, you're creating lifelong fans. And, and I see it firsthand. And I really go out of my way to tell these players. You know, when Francis Tiafo comes in at 1 a.m. after a full center court, you know, I give him a hug and tell him like, "Man, you know, you made you made a lot of people's day there." When Diego came in last night after a full Porsche court at midnight. And, you know shook his hand and said you know i was there seeing the fans as they walked out of your match like you know you gave them an incredible experience so just trying to really kind of drive home to them you know how much they can impact the sport and 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 the people that come to watch it
0: so follow up to that a couple of years ago, you facilitated Rogers practice in Central Park. Can you tease anything for the US Open? <laughs> Any special things up your sleeve?
1: Um, you know, we got a big, you know, fan week is kind of the, the big act- activation that's coming back. And that is, you know, basically the, the week of qualifying where we have a lot of things happening. We've got a, a Legends match. There's an, a Tennis Place for Peace event on Wednesday night. There's a food event on Thursday. Uh, Dude Perfect, um, who, again, if you have... Eight or nine-year-old boys or girls who like sports—I'm sure you know who they are. Um, they're doing Arthur Ash Kids Day this that's day. Huge. Um, yeah, I mean, in my—I have, I have young boys, so they're huge in my house. Um, but it's going to be—it's going to be a lot of fun activities that whole week and It's all free. So again, I think that's you want to expose your family to tennis and I, we understand the us open is expensive you know it's new york city it costs a lot to bring a family out to watch tennis but that's why we really focus hard on fan week and trying to bring all the players out there you can watch rafa practice on on, on ash you can see serena you can see the best players in the world you can see you know we'll, we'll have fun stuff happening on the grounds and if, if you want to expose expose your kids to a great sport um fan week is where it's at
0: awesome man eric thanks so much thanks for coming on check the mark thank you mark Let's talk about the conditions here in Cincy. First off, this is a quicker surface than we've seen in the U.S. this summer. Much quicker than Atlanta. Much quicker than a Cabo or a D.C. Obviously Cabo, not in the U.S., but part of the U.S. Open Series. A little similar to Canada, but like I said, the quickest court that we've seen in the U.S. It's not a fast court, but it's a quicker court, a ball, a court that's gonna reward a ball that goes through the court, reward someone that's hit hard with depth. We're using the wilson us open ball again same ball we're going to use in new york same surface as new york the lake hold blue court from a fan perspective and a tennis lovers perspective it's fun to see different game styles rewarded particularly people that play with some risk i'm thinking about someone like ben shelton who's been riding a hot streak all summer he's coming in here hitting the ball big serving big with the lefty serve moving forward in the court these courts are rewarding that sort of play and the perfect court for him to play on has been that Porsche court where he's played both of his main draw singles matches that Porsche court aside from maybe Petrangeli in Italy the side court that has all the Roman statues and marble that encircle the court this court I think is one of the best courts in tennis certainly the best court in the United States maybe outside Arthur Ashe Stadium I think it's the best court in the US to see particularly an American player play on this Cincinnati event so fan friendly I mean I, the Grandstand court is great the Center court is great this Porsche court just unbelievable atmospheres. going back to the Porsche court this was an idea that Eric had a couple years ago who we just had on Eric and I were kind of speaking about it when he had this idea and what he wanted to do with this court to kind of create this this bull ring type place for American players to play this court is very narrow It's a sunken court, it's one of the only sunken courts on the grounds and you really feel like the fans are on top of the players. It has a feel similar actually to the old grandstand court at Flushing Meadows before they tore it down where the, the sides are really narrow, there's not a whole lot of room in the back and because it's sunken, you almost feel like the fans are hanging over the edges watching the match and there really isn't a whole lot of room to run on that court. So if you're a big server or if you have a good wide serve on either side, you're gonna be running your opponent into the fence almost like you almost like they're playing on a squash court. It has that sort of atmosphere, and the the court gets really loud, players get really fired up, and yeah, people hanging over the fence on the top watching. There's a little Porsche lounge that's adjacent to the court where people can hang out, and I think it's an awesome place to play if you're an American player, or if you're someone who, if you're anyone who really, who wants that boost from the crowd, and if you're gonna have that charisma and play with the crowd, they're gonna be there to pick you up. You know what, let's leave it there. That's it from Cincy, from me. Big thanks to Eric Buderak for coming on the show today. Man, I love talking tennis with Eric. Love tracking him down whenever I run into him, for whenever I can get him on the phone. Talking about how we can advance this game of tennis that we all love. This game is a business. This game needs to be nurtured. And this business needs to be grown to sustain it for the people coming after us. And that's why I like talking to Eric. Because he always has big ideas. He always has creative ideas. So, again, this has been Check the Mark. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. It's really important also important. Tell a friend. Enjoy the tennis from Cincy. I'm out. Catch you next time.